Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Ricky Chino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. We're here. It's Tuesday afternoon. Y'all know what that means. It is time to believe in pro wrestling podcast live Tuesday afternoon edition. Thank you guys so much for being a part of the show today in what has been SP3. I would say one of the most up and down weeks in the history of professional wrestling. I feel like I say this every Tuesday that so much has happened since the last time we were on the air. But like this, this takes the cake of, of like when arguably the biggest pay-per-view in the history of professional wrestling happens and that's like your fourth story like we <laughs> there there's just my goodness i don't know how we're going to squeeze it all in we're going to talk about uh, as, as much as we possibly can today uh, obviously a difficult week for uh, a lot in the wrestling community with the loss of of bray wyatt and terry funk cm punk is Doing CM Punk things, apparently, and somehow people are still shocked by it. Uh, I thought MJF and Adam Cole just absolutely delivered on what turned out to not be the end of their story. Thankfully, FTR retains over Young Bucks. Didn't see that one coming. Best friends, best the BCC and Stadium Stampede. Soraya is the new AEW Women's Champion. And, oh yeah, by the way, Payback is this weekend. All Out is this weekend. SP3, my God, what does the next seven days hold for us here? Hopefully not as eventful as the last seven days, Holy that's crap. for You're sure. Uh, yeah, the experience, the whole roller coaster of being a wrestling fan, losing uh, two of the all-time greats, having one of the biggest wrestling events of all time, which was one of the best shows of the year, in my opinion. And of course, that that is uh, being overshadowed a few days later by CM Punk and uh, Jack Perry getting suspended for a backstage fight. Color a few, da- a few days later, that started overshadowing the show as it was going on. That news broke like before Punk beat CM. Uh, beat I, I, I wouldn't say overshadowed. It started overshadowing yesterday. Yeah, it really it, it needed it needed a day before <laughs> because everybody out uh, after the pay per view was talking about how great and how historic the the show was. They weren't talking about CM Punk and Jack Perry. It wasn't until yesterday. Uh, that's what I said. Just a day. When, when more a details came after. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate you guys who are in the chat today. What's up, Safet and Frantic World? Uh, appreciate you guys as always. Uh, he says uh, All In London was a great pay-per-view so good they're gonna run it back sp3 we're gonna talk about that uh as well make sure to get your comments in uh your questions in if you got a favorite bray wyatt or terry uh, funk memory we'll bring that up as well um i know we've talked about them both ad nauseum over the last few days on other outlets but uh, i felt it was only right to to do it here as well since we hadn't had a chance here for our believe audience but first things first got to thank our friends over at bet online They continue to be your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup information for baseball, boxing, golf, and oh my God, yes, the NFL, the preseason is over. We're getting ready to kick off. I believe the first game is September 7th. 
Deshaun Watson says he's going to murder the Bengals on week one. So take Cincinnati, please. And bet online is the perfect place to do it. They are the fastest and easiest way to bet on your way to place your wagers, including live betting, your favorite casino and card games available right from your phone. Or you can hop on a computer, go to a website, old school, as the kids would say, and sign up today. Get in on the action. Just remember to use our promo code believe that is B-L-E-A-V to get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Uh, again, thank you guys for tuning in. If everybody could do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button there. That would uh, really help us out, drive up our audience. Thank you so much for doing that. And if you're new to the show, you like what you see, hit that subscribe button too. We're inching closer. We're getting closer and closer every single day uh, to 1,000 subscribers, uh, which has been our goal from jump when we launched this show Jesus, 20 months ago now uh, at this point. So uh, thank you guys for, for sticking with, uh, with us uh, throughout the entirety of our existence, basically. Don't know where I was going with that. Anyway, we were gearing up SP3 for, for a big weekend. I was trying to set plans for, for an all-in uh, prediction show uh, for us to do last week. Wednesday, we get the unfortunate news about Terry Funk passing away at the age of 79 uh, due to complications from dementia. And as sad as that is, right, and this is something that we've talked about with Dutch Mantel and others, as, as sad as Terry Funk passing away is, it wasn't something that you heard and you were overly shocked by, right? He had been having health concerns for, for some time. When Triple H sent out the tweet on Thursday that Bray Wyatt had suddenly and very unexpectedly passed away at the age of 36, that is something that sent the wrestling community uh, which was already in mourning, that tweet sent out shockwaves everywhere. And you, you know, in, in the days that have followed, we have seen how it affected uh, superstars in WWE, how it affected superstars in AEW. Young Bucks put out a video uh, basically entailing that everybody kind of found out on the plane ride over to London uh, for All In. Like the news started. Uh, spreading around the plane and you know they were able to get confirmation from um, you know Luke Gallows and Carl Carl Anderson um, that's how they found out while they were in a plane ride on the way over to London that uh, Bray Wyatt was was no longer with us and this was one of those things where uh, for me personally and I know for a lot of people when they found out the news where they found out the news uh, it's going to be something that is going to stick with them uh, for a long time I feel Still the same way I did, um, and I brought this up on True Hill Heat over the weekend. Like I feel the same way as I did when I found out that Robin Williams had had passed away. That is somebody in the entertainment world who had a um, profound impact and inspiration on my, you know, style as a entertainer or podcaster or show host, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call me these days. Um, you know, I, I take a lot of inspiration from him, particularly his use of high energy. This is about, you know, a quarter of what I normally do, SP3, right now. Um, I'm always amped up. I'm jacked. I'm, I'm trying to be upbeat. And you'll notice I took a lot of inspiration from him. And he was somebody that uh, entertained me a lot as a kid. And that was one where I remember, I will always remember sitting in an O'Charlie's with my wife, who is also a big Robin Williams fan when we found out the news and it just floored us. I'll never forget that moment. Same thing happened on Thursday. I'm, I'm in the kitchen. My kids are running around. I'm trying to cook dinner. And then my phone starts blowing up 
and I see the tweet and it's just like everything stopped for like, I don't even know how long, pretty sure I burnt dinner uh, regardless, but it was, uh, yeah, man, it, it just took a, it, it's hard to describe how to feel in the moment, but it just, SP3, I don't know how it feels for you, but it just feels like it gets sadder like every single day as more tributes come out. The beautiful show that WWE put together on SmackDown, the tributes that we saw at All In, House of Black placing the lantern at the top of the uh, at the top of the stage before their defense against the acclaimed and Billy Gunn. Um, man, I feel like I was just finally getting there, and then you see Seth Rollins' tribute last night, and then you see. Becky Lynch at the end of Raw holding up the Bray Wyatt uh, armband, just fighting back tears and finally just letting them flow. And then afterwards, she's telling that beautiful story. Uh, if you haven't seen it, she put out the clip uh, where she she hopped on the microphone and she was talking to the Memphis crowd and told a story back in 2016 uh, ahead of her first pay-per-view title defense at TLC against Alexa Bliss. It was in a tables match. And it happened to be Becky Lynch's first tables match ever in her career. And she said, nobody even thought, not even herself, like nobody even thought to go over how to set up a table, how to go through the process, the psychology of a tables match, except for Wyndham Rotunda. He was the one who approached her and said, hey, had, do, do you know what you're doing? Have you ever set up a table before? And she was like, uh, no, actually, I have no clue what the hell I'm doing. And he just said, come with me and walked her down to the ring and showed her everything that she needed to do. Spent a lot of time with her on the day of TLC on the same show that he had a match for. I believe it was him and Randy Orton defending the tag team titles against I can't remember whom, but uh, he had a match. I think, that, I think him and Orton won the tag team titles. At that did they win them that day? Either way. Uh, there were they, he was in a tag team title match, and it was a it was a big program with him and Orton together, leading up to what would be their WrestleMania match, right? So it's, um, it it was a busy day for him, and he went out of his way to help her out and help her get through that match and get through that moment. And she said that night I went through a table. Last night I sent two dopes flying through the table. This one was for Wyndham. It was a man. It was just so great to hear that kind of stuff, and it just hammers home the fact sp3 that it's it's unbelievably cruel that he is not here anymore because not only was he a world-class entertainer but it sounds like just from the outpouring and everybody with the, their stories like becky lynch that's just one story it sounds like he was an incredible human being uh and at 36 that sucks in and of itself but there's just so much that compounds how tragic this actually is yeah i can only imagine how you know uh, heartbreaking it is for his family and you know his friends in wwe that you know they all have their own individual story so you know you definitely feel for them and you also feel for the fans that he left you know such a strong impression on yeah. and you know really i so many people i saw that said that they became wrestling fans because of bray wyatt but it's a very sad loss you know to see him you know, go before his time and didn't really yeah. live a full life in comparison to Terry Funk, who was able to live a long life. And, you know, we had probably a lot of people close to Terry was mentally prepared. There was no way to be mentally prepared for Bray Wyatt. And that's why I compared it a lot to Brody, Brody Lee, because he was yeah. just out. You heard he was sick. And then the next thing you know, he's gone. 
and you know it's too soon and it's going to take months before it really like kind of uh kind of marinates in and we kind of realize what type of loss and what type of special performer very why it was uh to the wrestling community yeah it's again it's much like bray himself right it's very nuanced like i keep there's a different layer I, of disappointment that I that I get hit with, like the fact that we're never, you know, until somebody else eventually comes along and, and finds a, a, a new path forward and, and shows us something we haven't seen before. Um, but I mean, he was the ultimate performance artist. We're not going to see QR codes popping up on screens anymore. We're not going to be seeing, you know, the puppets in the background. I mean, Bray was such a master at making you pay attention to everything because blinking, you might miss something important like there's so many things and he brought so much entertainment to the product that we're just not gonna see anymore the next time the lights come out i'm not gonna get the, the or the lights go out if and when that does happen i'm not gonna be sitting here going oh shit is it bray please let it be bray i might do it automatically at first and then i'm gonna get extremely difficult disappointed in the fact that that's not happening and the fact that you know he finally comes back they did this great campaign with the white rabbit and it Everybody wanted it to be him, and it turned out it was him, and he got one of the greatest ovations that you've ever seen in WWE when he just took off that Uncle Howdy mask, and we were off and running, and he had this great program with LA Knight, and then the Mountain Dew Pitch Black match was what it was, and that ended up being it because he got sick not too long later. And I think what really made this hurt the most is like we get the reports that it was a life-threatening condition at one point, but he was on the road to recovery and they had started talking about potentially ideas to bring him back. So you're thinking everything is okay. And I think a lot of people maybe let their guard down a little bit and then boom, this happens. And it just, it was just another, you know, double whammy right there. So again, um, our condolences to, you know, the funk family, everybody uh, in the rotunda family, those closest to him. I mean, yeah, I think about Wyndham and Brody and Jay Briscoe, you know, they, they all gone within not even three years. They all have young kids and it makes you think about what that impact would be like on your family. If it was, if it was you, like I'm sitting here, like I had my dad for 32 years. I had my mom for 34 years. Like I was not even remotely ready to handle either loss as a full grown adult. I cannot imagine trying to do that as a young child. So I consider myself very lucky that I had them as long as I did. And it's a shit situation. And, you know, one of these days we as fans are going to be able to think about Bray Wyatt smile again and remember the good times. Uh, hell man, his entrance at SummerSlam 2019, when he debuted as the fiend is still the single coolest thing I have ever seen on a professional wrestling show in my life. The man was a rock star. I don't know how anybody is ever going to be able to um, top the first time you see somebody walk down to the ring in a demonic clown mask carrying a lantern made out of their own head while thousands of fireflies are jamming out to a banger theme. Like, it was performance art, all of it. And that's what he excelled at. And I think that's, you know, what I'm going to miss the most. And you talk about SP3, so many people becoming wrestling fans because of Bray Wyatt. Honestly, I think I still am a wrestling fan because of Bray Wyatt, because he came along at a point in my life where I was busy. I had other stuff going on. I was kind of falling out with, with the WWE product at that time. And then guys like Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins 
and John Moxley showed up and all of a sudden I'm like, all right, hang it. Now these guys, these guys are appointment viewing for me. Let me see what this is about. Stuck with it for a while. And then Charlotte and Bailey and Sasha and obviously Becky Lynch show up and I'm like, I'm all in. I'm back in. And now here I am right now talking to you. If Bray Wyatt doesn't show up and do what he does, I don't know USP3. Like, I think that's a fact at this point. It's amazing when you stop and think how tiny little things change the outcome of your entire life and change the trajectory. Like, pro wrestling has given me a viable second income in my life. And I'm very grateful for that. And I am grateful for Bray Wyatt for... um for getting me there. Cause I don't know if it wasn't for him catching my attention all those years ago that I would be sitting here right now talking to you. I don't know if I'd still be in media to be completely honest with you. So it's, yeah, it's funny. Like never met Bray Wyatt, never got a chance to talk to him, but he changed my life. It's, it's nuts when you really think about it. It really is. Appreciate you guys who are in the uh, comments section here. Go, make sure to hit us up. Give us that thumbs up as well. Uh, if you've got a favorite Bray or Terry Funk memory, uh, throw it up there. We'll talk about it throughout the entirety of the show. Uh, on to happier times here, SP3. All in this weekend. 81,000 paid attendance. Paid attendance. All right. Important to note that. 81,000 plus inside Wembley Stadium. And that crowd was hot from jump. Uh, they were all on board with MJF and Adam Cole. They start off the show winning the Ring of Honor tag team titles. My God, when when MJF actually hit the damn kangaroo kick, the, the you, if that place had a roof, it would have blown off the joint. And we were off and running from there. And, you know, they, they came out of the gate with banger after banger. They opened with, with CM Punk and Samoa Joe. Say what you want about CM Punk, and believe me, we will. Uh, Samoa Joe was the star of that match, stole that match, in my opinion. He is a top five performer in a wrestling ring, period, of anybody. Throw anybody out there. I'll put Samoa Joe up there with him right now. He's that damn good. He's back in his element. He's he's in his prime, um, which is great, considering everybody thought he was cooked like three years ago. Uh, but he's so damn good. FTR, Young Bucks, deliver again. Stadium Stampede was absolute insanity. The main event delivered. I thought the women's match was really good, albeit a little short. We'll get to that as well. But here we are, SP3, on a Tuesday afternoon when we should be celebrating the uh, big spectacle that was all in and all of those great things that I had just brought up to you, SP3. And yet, what is generating the headlines? CM Punk and Jack Perry getting into a backstage altercation ahead of the opening contest. Between the pre-show, which was capped off by Jack Perry and Hook in what I thought was a really good FTW championship match. And, of course, it all sparked with Jack Perry saying that little line in front of the camera. Real glass. Cry about it. Probably added on to the fact that, you know, some people got cut up with that glass. But still, he does what he says he does. And this stems from a you know, argument or dispute or some information or knowledge that CM Punk tried to pass on to Jack Perry backstage. This is a story that came out a couple weeks ago. I don't even think we ever even talked about it. And all of a sudden drops that line. And before Punk beats Samoa Joe, before that match is done, we're talking a 12, 13 minute match. News breaks that Jack Perry and CM Punk had gotten into some kind of an altercation backstage. We're never going to really know what happened to SP3. There are stories that Jack Perry approached CM Punk 
and he was the one who initiated contact. We got stories that CM Punk is the one who got in Jack Perry's face, and he said, we got a problem, and then, like, CM Punk is pancaking him. I think the only thing, like, consensusly that we know is that Jack Perry ended up in a chokehold, uh, and that Samoa Joe was actually, like, trying to play peacekeeper in the situation and separate everybody because Joe is a damn professional and realizes, hey, we got a match in, like, three damn minutes. Like, we don't have time for this crap. Uh, and you know, everybody is just running, running around already, like deciding in their mind who's guilty and who's not. And we don't even know what the hell actually happened here SP three, but here we are again. The fact that this is happening with CM Punk again, almost a year later. And now is he suspended? Is he not suspended? Hell, I don't know. Brian Alvarez says he's suspended. Sean Rossap says he hasn't been told he's suspended. We all know about No, that. Sean Rossap reported today that he's suspended. No, but he, came back and, but he came back and updated it and said that CM Punk hasn't been told he's suspended. That's what I'm saying. It's all confusing. We all know shit. <laughs> and everybody's running around. But I think the thing, my takeaway from this is, is it sucks that this stuff constantly happens and that this is happening now almost a year to the day anniversary of the brawl out situation that this is happening again and i know it's got to be irritating to people backstage i know it's got to be irritating to to the fans at home we should be talking about this card and here we are talking about another backstage altercation and unfortunately it involves cm punk i don't know if he brings it upon himself i don't know uh, this stuff always seems to happen around punk and I mean, if you're Tony Khan, you either have to accept the fact that this kind of stuff is always going to happen if you keep Sam Punk around, or it's time to decide if you're going to be continue to be all in, pun intended, on CM Punk because this shit is always going to happen, SP3. It's always going to happen. It's about time we have the conversation of just is AEW fostering this type of behavior because this is now multiple different people who go into business for themselves on air whether it's hangman saying the line about Cole Cabana, whether it was punk's receipt when he came back calling out hangman whether it's jack perry going into the camera saying real glass chimera river the fact that these guys feel the the need to go on air and do it when they could do any type of other things and we'll talk about how cm punk responded to all this information uh getting out because i wanted to mention that because i feel like that that just created a whole thunderstorm of punk supporters and defendants coming out of woodwork being like he is right it was right to be angry but uh yeah this this whole backstage altercation it seems that Jack Perry got a little bit too big for his britches because he got upset because of Punk's people leaking out the report. Mind you, CM Punk is the same guy that got mad at the Young Bucks with no type of proof about speaking to dirt sheets. Yet, CM Punk's people seem to turn to dirt sheets just as much or even more than anyone from the elite. But, you know, that's besides the point. That's besides the point. As far as this situation... I think the blame needs to start with uh, with Jack Perry because he decided to go into business, do it live on air, speak right into the camera. As far as what the backstage altercation, there is two sides that is out there. There is the punk side and the other side. The truth is somewhere in the middle mm -hmm. of what I what from what I hear. I believe CM Punk initiated this whole thing. 
<laughs> and I also believe that uh, there was the report by Fightful Select and PW Insider confirmed that with 100% certainty, Jack Perry did not throw the first punch. So, and, and, and when that report came out, I was like, I'm not surprised. I talked about it yesterday on Trio E on All In Review. I was like, I, I think I think and no one would be surprised if they found out Punk threw the first punch. He literally threw the first punch for a guy kicking in his door. Do you think that he's gonna take a guy talking shit about him live on air? Like he's gonna throw he threw the first punch. And Samoa Joe smartly was just like, motherfucker, you about to ruin my my face, the biggest match of my career. Like, what are y'all doing? What are you doing, Joe? And that's why Joe just feels so refreshed because he was like, oh, they got him out here. Like, I thought we were wasn't even going to make it out here. That's why Joe put on probably the best performance that he he's ever had in yeah. AEW, probably up there with his Derby matches for his best performance in AEW. So this whole situation is, has to do with Jack Perry being this young guy that maybe took a little bit of a success to his head, decided to go into business. He deserves consequences. Yeah. But also CM Punk might be the thinnest skin top star we have ever seen in professional wrestling. And that is saying a lot because Hulk Hogan is a professional wrestler. And, but I think that Punk may have Hogan beat. He may have Hogan beat. Because I don't know if he'll go as far as to sue someone for talking shit about Hulk Hogan like Hogan did to Vince Russo back at Bash of the Beast 2000. But my dude, CM Punk, Phil Brooks, if you're watching this, and I hope you do, and I hope someone clips this to tell you this, you are the same guy that held the WWE Championship for 434 days. You are clearly viewed as one of the greatest wrestlers of this generation. You once stood in the ring. With Hollywood megastar Dwayne The Rock Johnson and told him, your arms are too short to box with God. And now, over the past month, we found out that Dolph Ziggler's little brother and Dylan McKay's son can box with God. Jesus Christ, <laughs> this is a fall from grace. Like, yeah. like, we really, we really need to like look at this from not pick sides, but look at how freaking ridiculous all of this is. Take a step back and realize that Punk is very thin skin, and Jack Perry is a young idiot. No one in this situation looks good. Thus, why CM Punk's people decided to give his freaking diary to Nick Houseman and say. Well, you know, he was really upset because he got left at the airport. He wasn't picked up. The number he called was invalid, and he had to take the train. And, and then and he got some, lost. And then some Reddit user whose name is CM Funk is taking pictures with him on the train. Like this seems like this seems like a whole thing that I am sorry. CM Punk, you could have took a taxi. You could have took an Uber. My dude, you cannot tell me. You cannot tell me you were forced to take the train. I've been in Heathrow. They got people asking me, black man, in Heathrow Airport if I want to take a taxi. You telling me million dollar, one bill fill can't take a taxi? It's so, this is, this is, this has already 
become almost as much of a mess as Brawl Out because of Punk and just like he does, he he. I think that the point of that whole report getting out was to make Punk look like in a better light, like to to justify. And this is what Punk fans are doing to justify what he did backstage. This travel thing, it's completely, it's com- complete miscommunication, yeah. unprofessionalism. That's why Punk said he hates this place. And we also didn't mention that. He said he hates this place in the aftermath of the fight with stuff. But you are the common denominator. Oh, my God. You are not self-aware, sir. You are just not self-aware. Part of me wonders if Punk is trying to get fired. Like, genuinely, like, because that's like the only thing that makes any kind of sense. Because while I agree with you, yes, CM Punk uh, does not have the thickest skin in the world. He's also a smart businessman, and he knows that he's about to kick off the biggest wrestling show of the year, the largest paid crowd in history the biggest show in the history of the company he currently works for that he calls himself the real world champion of he's about to go out there in front of eighty-one thousand with his good buddy samoa joe and he all of a sudden is going to choose that moment like three minutes i don't know how much time it was i'm just guessing here but that not a whole lot of time before you're supposed to be in gorilla and out the damn door he's gonna choose that moment to pick a fight with a 26 year old kid and i'm saying that because yes i agree with you i think jack perry is just as culpable in this situation and i think he what he did was immature and he's 26 and he's an idiot all right like he did he did a dumb thing he did a cocky arrogant dumb thing and he deserves as just as much credit for this happening as cm punk does but cm punk ain't 26 cm punk is 50 how old is he he's a 50 year old man he's like 44 he's 44 i don't remember 45 i think okay so 44 45 all right i apologize phil i didn't mean to call you 50 but still you're 45 44 45 be the bigger man for one cm punk for the betterment of the show for the betterment of the company for the betterment of the night be the bigger man and settle this some other time. Did it have to be right then, right there? Did you have to pancake the guy? Did you have to put him in a chokehold? Did you allegedly have to throw a punch at him? No. Was what Jack Perry did worth risking the opening contest so much so that Tony Khan had the elite ready to go out there and change the order of the show reportedly? No, it wasn't. Pick your battles. We talked about this before with CM Punk. Pick your battles, man. I get it. You want to defend yourself vigorously until the end of time. That's great. I am. I I admire you for standing up for yourself. I really do. Pick your battles, man. That was not the time to go up to somebody, again, allegedly, and say, do we have a problem? When you clearly know that there's a problem there. Be the bigger man. Set the example for the younger talent. That's my issue with all of this, because I agree with what Seahawks said, right? Like we, we had him on the show before we talked about this people beef at work all the damn time. I don't even think this is really that big of a deal in a bubble. 
right in a bubble, especially in pro wrestling. Like you have people at your job that you don't like. I have people at my job that I don't try to converse with or stick around if I don't want to because they make me mad. And when I get mad, I do dumb shit. All right. It's the same thing. But in professional wrestling, right? You, if you got a beef with Karen from accounting, you don't have to trust Karen from accounting to not break your neck later. All right. That's, that's where in professional wrestling, things can kind of get heated and there can be physical confrontation in this situation. Punk and Perry weren't even working with each other. It wasn't an on-screen issue at all. Like none of this had to happen. None of this had to happen. And frankly, once again, I got to look at the culture that has been put together with the AEW locker room, and it starts from the top. At some point, management up there has got to put their foot down and get a stranglehold on everybody involved, and that includes one Bill Phil. Other than that, SP3, what do you think of the show? <laughs> I, I I love the show. Like I said, I thought it was one of the best shows of the year. Uh, definitely up there with like the Wrestle Kingdoms, WrestleMania 39, uh, AEW Revolution, AEW Revolution, Forbidden Door, and All In have been show of the year contenders. So AEW has delivered and they delivered in front of their biggest audience ever. They had multiple matches that were great on the card and it just was a great look for the company to see that many people vocal loud and into every single moment nearly every single moment of the show they quiet down a little bit by the acclaimed and house of black but that seems to be a theme with those stadium shows they quiet down the match before the the main event yeah they're trying to uh, serve their energy yeah yeah, I yeah, I get that. I've been in a stadium event, so I, I I've been there as well. But yeah, one hundred percent. I don't think uh, if anyone says it, it, they thought it was bad. You're entitled to your opinion. I'm also entitled to call you an idiot. But I mean, to to me, I don't I don't know how you can question if if the night besides the big black eye with CM Punk and Jack Perry was nothing but a success in the ring. Uh, booking wise and just except for one one notable uh misstep which we'll get yeah. into uh but yeah all in all all in was a success uh i'm looking for the comment i know it came down here earlier somebody asked whether or not there we go we got leon uh what's up guys so i guess we can say all in is now the wrestlemania of aew um i mean it's definitely a big-ass show, and that's a WrestleMania-esque crowd that they put together for that, and it was so successful, SP3. At the end of the show, you want to talk about a great way to cap it off after that main event that we saw, which gave everybody the ending that we all wanted. We wanted Adam Cole and MJF to still be together at the end of that because that friendship, that partnership is money, and you had a feeling it was coming because they had already won the, the Ring of Honor Tag Team title, so... um could have split them up. Interesting things could have happened there. Who knows? But uh, they win uh, the titles. They hug it out at the end. MJF retains. And then we get the announcement that they're returning to Wembley Stadium in 2024. Once again, though, a week from all out. So it looks like this is also going to be a tradition where we get all in Wembley Stadium. And then a week later, we're getting all out in Chicago. I don't know if I like that a lot, but. Uh, that's difficult to book, man. That's, mm, I don't know, but I love the fact that they just, you know, TK just threw it all out on the table there and said, oh yeah, bet we're running it back. 
Yeah, that's going to be the real proof of if this is a lasting success for AEW. If they can get anywhere close to what they did this year, and I'm I'm like I'm like ballparking it at what we originally thought they would do for this show, which was like uh, fifty to sixty thousand. If they can pack that uh, pack that many people in the building again, then can we say it's not a success and we don't know if the whole all in to all out one week apart thing is a success or not we're gonna find out over this weekend as far mm-hmm. as the show and as far as what it does on pay-per-view as far as the buy rates but we already know it's a it's nearing a sellout in chicago gonna be a success in in that part but very very interesting uh maybe tony knows something we know we don't know about this year already that's telling him that he should do the one week the one week pay-per-view apart again but my hope is that the original plan for all in london was it to be aired on max and next year's all in will be aired on max hopefully uh, there is one aspect of the fact that All Out is this weekend in Chicago that uh, sucks about the whole CM Punk situation is the fact that if CM Punk is suspended, that means he's not going to be at a Chicago show. I, I hate that for those fans. And I hate it for Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks, who is an innocent bystander in all of this, who is enjoying his biggest white hot run as a heel, winning the, the, the Owen Hart. He's working with CM Punk. He's getting airtime he's in an important storyline like the most important storyline in his AEW history probably was leading to a big match at all out probably ain't happening now and that sucks you said the word interesting sp3 you want to talk about interesting i was wrong uh, earlier when i said the the jack perry and cm punk thing started taking over the show uh on social media as the show was going on no, it was Mercedes Monet that was taking over the show as uh, on social media as the show was going on because the second that she was shown on the big screen, every, man, I saw so many damn big eye emojis on Twitter or X, whatever the hell you want to call it. Like everybody was throwing it out there and everybody got real, real excited. Now, Tony Khan tempered the expectations down there a little bit, saying in the post scrum that Mercedes is not cleared for action. Uh, It's going to be a while before she's clear for action. But this was kind of like the way Tony talked about it anyway. And he might be kayfabing a little bit, but kind of sounded like a recruiting trip for Mercedes Monet. Come out, enjoy the show. We'll put you up in a luxury suite. We're going to put your ass on the big board uh, so many damn times throughout this show that you may actually get more screen time than the actual women who are signed to this roster. And that 81,000 person crowd is going to pop for you every single time we show you on the screen which by the way sp3 you remember when everybody told us that mercedes monet was not the big star that we made her out to be remember that remember that good call everybody good call Yes, I thought it, I thought it was a nice, uh, nice little surprise to have. Uh, definitely would have, uh, you know, liked it in a bigger, bigger way. But if this was the only way for it to happen, it was a nice little tease with AEW announcing the Wrestle Dream event coming up on October first, a celebration uh, for the one year anniversary of the passing of uh, New Japan founder Antonio Inoki. I would think if Mercedes is healthy, she's back for that. 
I would also think if she's healthy enough, she could possibly be at full gear in Los Angeles. So we finally get Mercedes Monet on a LA uh, AEW show since we didn't get it in January. We get it in November. Uh, I can see all those things. I think Mercedes Monet could be a shot in the arm for the AEW Women's Division who desperately need it again. We'll get to that in one quick one quick second here. Frantic World asking, uh, guys, AEW was doing good without Punk before he showed back up. Do you guys think that AEW will be fine without Punk if they get rid of him? Um, here's the thing. I don't think they're going to get rid of him, SP3, because they literally just created an entire new show on Saturday nights so he could wrestle for the company. It's hard to then turn around two months later and say, all right, see ya. Bye. Get out of here. Take your guaranteed money and go. And, oh, yeah, by the way, now we have to book Collision without the draw of Collision. Like, you built the show around CM Punk and all of the other dudes and ladies that people have been begging to see, but you you pull the linchpin, SP3. You pull the, the prize Jenga piece, and all of it comes crumbling down. So I don't think that they're going to do that, but... I would worry about the future of Collision if CM Punk wasn't there. That's what I will say there. 100%. That's just a reasonable thing to think uh, that Collision would suffer without the number one draw for the whole entire show and what the show is based on and how they even got the damn show. So, yeah, (laughs) I mean, seems seems reasonable to think that that might be an issue. Yeah. Uh, a big major issue, which is why CM Punk will probably get suspended, but he'll probably be back in maybe what a week. <laughs> it's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. All right, SP3, let's talk about the other black guy. And I hate describing it that way because honestly, they did it in a bubble. Tony Khan did get four of his biggest women stars on the show. Uh, they were in a good spotlight. And honestly, man, he shelled out he shelled out some money uh, for the ladies as far as, you know, entrance music and pomp and circumstance. I mean, he really made that match seem like a big deal. And it was Mercedes or not Mercedes, uh, Soraya coming out to We Will Rock You. And I know people had a had an issue with her coming out to Queen and whatever. I respect that. I respect your, your opinions on that. And I understand if you have an issue with it. But still, watching her come out there to We Will Rock You in front of 81,000 people in the UK, the first time she's been wrestling there in a year, for the first time in her wrestling career since we have known her, she's been able to have her family by her side and showcase them all. And she's, they're all walking down to the ring, the big night army there. Right. And it was so great. That entrance was spectacular. I watched it over and over and over again. And I thought these ladies really worked well together. It's hard to coordinate a great fatal four way. And I thought they did it seamlessly. Um, Dr. Britt Baker hitting the, uh, the stomp, out of Soraya's uh, submission was spectacular. Uh, Tony Storm uh, knocking out Soraya's mother on accident and just setting them off and setting up the finish of that match with Soraya pinning Tony Storm. I loved this. And yet, I loved the moment of Soraya winning the championship, her first one in God knows how long, in front of her home country, in the UK, winning it, holding it up, thought her career was done now she's on top of the world as the AEW women's champion me personally i love it 
I see people on social media and they're shitting all over it, SP3, because unfortunately, there can't be two women's world champions. And everybody uh, thought that Hikira Shida got uh, got the short end of the stick on this one. You on board with Soraya capturing the AEW Women's Championship, SP3? I was all for it as soon as I saw her come out with her family. I was just like, oh, well. I don't know who's winning. As soon as I heard her come out to Queen and freaking <laughs> we will rock you and with our whole entire family. I was like, and they didn't get in the ring when she when she made her entrance. I was like, yeah. oh, they're saving her, them y'all getting in the ring when she wins. So yeah, yeah it was a foregone conclusion. I predicted Akarashita to win the matchup, but uh, being wrong at the end, I thought that uh, Soraya and Tony Storm were the best part of that matchup. Uh, just creating that whole storyline of the dissension within they gave us the whole story of the matchup. I thought the match was good. Not great, but it was good for the amount of time that it got. But it's just disappointing that that was the shortest match on the <laughs> evening. But as far as Soraya winning the championship, I'm for it. As long as she's the transitional champion, I'll be honest. I don't I don't need a long Soraya win. This felt like the perfect ending to her comeback story. And she said that during the post-media scrum. And I think that she would be a perfect person to drop the title to either a babyface Jade Cardigill, a returning Thunder Rosa, or a returning Jamie Hayter, or a debuting Mercedes Monet. We yeah, got options here. That's that's where I'm hoping, like Tony's kind of kayfabing a little bit that Mercedes isn't cleared and she's not gonna be for a while. Cause part of me would like I agree with you, part of me would love for Soraya to have like an open challenge in Chicago at all out and just get dropped by a returning Jade Cargill or, or somebody like that. Because, yeah, like, the moment is great, right? The moment of Soraya winning is great. But then here's your favorite question in the world, SP3. And then what? So you've, you've started the dissension. Tony Storm is doing wonderful work in her, whatever you want to call it, her, her diva. Uh, Marilyn you know, Monroe. Yeah, the Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe, Monroe just strung out diva routine is great i think splitting up the outcast is probably the best way to go because what they were building towards was no longer possible uh due to injuries and look they're all three great on their own uh you know this i think this could open up some some avenues for ruby as well so yeah i'm i'm good with this but yeah i'm, I'm kind of with you on this i don't need to see a terribly long run uh for soraya i think just winning the belt was enough but i do agree with you that it sucks in the fact that this was the shortest match on the card by far almost um until the house of black and acclaimed match it was the only one that did not get double digit minutes and as a matter of fact the next shortest match until that one was like 14 minutes long and it was samoa joe and and cm punk and they got just under nine so when you already have people who are complaining SP3 about the fact that there is only one women's match on this card and you willingly go out there and give them the least amount of time of the other matches and then you're asked about it in the media scrum afterwards and you you pull out the Triple H playbook, you have the audacity to pull out the Triple H playbook and say, man, but the pacing of this show was really great. We really couldn't have squeezed in another match there and bull crap. You absolutely could have squeezed in another match on that show. You could have done a buy-in match. You could have done something else. You could have prioritized putting something on that show see this is a little bit different for me like 
He gave the Triple H answer, but the circumstances were completely different because Triple H had viable options that he had already worked and put equity into as far as the women's division were concerned. I believe that to have been a tough decision for him to leave off Trip Stratus and Becky Lynch or Rhea Ripley and Raquel Rodriguez. I ain't buying Tony Khan on this one. I'm just not. Like, it's pretty clear from the get-go they only had pl- – once, like, Jamie Hayter went out, it was pretty clear they only had – plans to ever put one women's match on this card and they didn't even try to put another women's match on this card sp3 and i'm sitting here wondering how you can watch athena and willow nightingale do what they did in the main event of death before dishonor and not immediately make it a priority to run that match back at wembley like that is something i would have built towards i think athena has earned that stage with what she's done over the last year didn't give it to her probably didn't even consider giving it to her so i'm not i'm not buying it he can try harder. He could have put another women's match on this show. It's just, did he want to? Did he think it was worth it? Either way, the answer ended up being no. I am not going to talk about what these guys consider because I do. I think that Triple H, Triple H had a hard time not putting Trish Stratus and Becky Lynch on the SummerSlam card. Not at all. Why do I say that? Because they had two hours of commercials and video packages, Rick. They had time to. So no excuses for Hunter, no excuses for Tony. Both of them are trash at booking women. There's it's that. just let's 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 call it let's call a spade a spade. The the state of women's wrestling in the top two promotions is pretty piss poor and sad. Thankfully, WWE has the most over woman in the business right now in Rhea Ripley, but they had one of the biggest female stars. Ever in Becky Lynch, and they're just wasting her away. You got you got WWE Hall of Famers coming out the woodwork telling Becky Lynch, please take a break because they don't know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> like that's 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 basically where we're at. Oh. That's basically where we at. They have the most over woman in the business in Rhea Ripley, and no one believable to face her because the only person you had believable been wasting her time feuding with another WWE Hall of Famer because you turned her heel way too soon. Like, I, I said the tweet earlier, and I will say it here. I have never seen two heel turns more questioned on timing than Trish Stratus turning heel in April for a SummerSlam match in August that never took place, or Jimmy Uso turning on Jay Uso for a, a WrestleMania match that we don't even know for sure is going to happen. Like, like, ugh. Doing, I, don't, I don't even know why you brought up that comparison. You made me go on a whole rant. <laughs> now talking about Tony. Tony, am I buying that reasoning? Hell no. Why? Because you decided to do a two-hour buy-in. A two-hour buy-in. Yeah. You're telling me you had time for Grado and Paul White to come out with Anthony Agogo and, and do a skit with Team TNA? You had time for Simon Miller to tell you the ups? And the downs as a security guard during Miro and Hobbs, but you didn't have time for a 
Athena and Willow Nightingale, the two best women on the AEW roster this year? And why are they the two best women in the AEW roster this year? Because they've never done nothing in AEW. All their success is outside of AEW. He knows how to book Athena if it's on a away taping. He knows how to, uh, or Gato knows how to book Willow when 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 uh, Mercedes Monet gets injured. He knows how to book Willow on ROH, but he doesn't know how to book women in his own damn company. Like, I would just come to the fact that it just is what it is. He got he got this nice little car. It's got the 20 for the, 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 the best engine. It's, it can drive all fast. It looks all pretty, but he's got two flat tires in the back, and he's just going to keep driving this shit. He's just going to keep driving it, even though it's a flat tire and you're dragging the tire. He's just not going to change his tire. He's just going to be like, oh, you know, don't have time for that. That would mess up my pacing of the day. I'm going to keep driving with this flat tire. (laughs) Selling absolutely that reason. Man, so glad I put that quote. That was an all timer. That was an all time SP3 rant on that one. And I look. I can't disagree with much of, of, of what you said. I still do think it was a difficult decision to do for Triple I Look, I think it's a difficult decision because he's the one who booked the shit. He's the one who's been working this for five months, and then he had to make a difficult decision. I still, th- like, I still think maybe he made the wrong decision, but I'm not sitting here saying that he doesn't give a fuck. Like, I don't think... I, do, I, I, think don't, I, don't, I don't think he gives a fuck about us complaining about women's wrestling and all that stuff. Don't think so. Don't think so. Triple H had y'all fooled. He had y'all fooled in NXT. And the NXT, he pandered to the hardcore fans. And he did everything we wanted. So we would love to believe that. And Rick himself would love to believe that his favorite, Becky Lynch, was considered for the SummerSlam card. But do I believe that? No. Do I believe Triple H is any better at booking women than Tony Khan? No, I don't. I don't. I don't think either one of them care all that much. And for all that, and you you could give Tony the excuse, oh, there wasn't another women's match built up. You did actually build another women's match up. It was Chris Statlander versus Ruby Soho. All you had to do was give Chris Statlander a ticket to London because Ruby was there in her wrestling clothes. And and also, you know, pick her up at the airport. Big, you know, big, a big, yeah, you, you know. Sh- you should do that. You yeah, should do you that should. with everybody. And give them a real number, too, please. Uh, real quick, continuing the uh, women's theme here. A uh, new report out. Becky Lynch is uh, reportedly going to be working with NXT Women's Champion Tiffany Stratton soon. Do you think they put Stratton over on the man? Stratton was watching the main event last night, which, by the way, I do think was a good main event last night between Becky Lynch and Zoe Stark. Man, what about the state of the NXT women's division? Are they running out of women over there? They got, they got a Lynch. fatal four-way tonight, like to determine the next like challenger to Tiffany Stratton. Like they completely <sighs> just passing over that. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. Let's be real here. Tiffany's not gonna verse another hero, so Kiana and Blair is out of it. So it comes down to Gigi and Roxanne. Roxanne seems like the foregone conclusion. So Gigi's gonna probably win. <laughs> Uh, as far as Stratton versus Lynch, I see. I would see Lynch winning that. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think that. I don't think Tiffany Stratton on TV. I think what was it last week? Who, who even remembers when she mentioned like all of the NXT Women's Champions that came before? 
I don't think it was a slip up that she said Becky Lynch. I don't for no. one second believe that that was a slip up. I think they are setting this up for Becky to finally get her NXT Women's Championship win. And then eventually, yeah, I think Stratton will will go over on the man. It just if they're going to do this, it does make me wonder, SB3. When the hell are we getting to Rhea and Becky? And how are we get WrestleMania? I've, I've been but saying how do we this. get to Rhea and Becky after Becky gets beat by Tiffany Stratton? This is the this is the few to waste her time for the rest of the year. <laughs> We're just trying. We are literally just wasting time. Match. Co Cody, match. Cody Roman, and Becky and Rhea. <laughs> Basically, we have we have really like we thought the wrestle after WrestleMania lull would hit, but they had the Puerto Rico show, they had London, mm -hmm. they had SummerSlam. Oh yeah, yeah. Now we're in the SummerSlam lull, and I don't think we're gonna get out of this. I don't even think so. I don't even think Survivor Series is gonna say is gonna save that because I think about this time last year they had already announced Survivor Series was gonna have War Games. War Games, and yeah. this year they haven't. So, yeah, um, could always do a multi woman match, right? So you could have Becky beat Tiffany, and then you could do like a triple threat match with Roxanne and have Tiffany beat Roxanne or Roxanne beat Tiffany. Either way, it keeps Becky strong for Rhea. So I don't hate this, actually. Uh, I, I actually like the idea of Becky going and winning the one championship that uh, that she has not won. But then again, I'm a Becky Lynch homer. Uh, SP3, last night, I thought we got another really, really strong segment with Shinsuke Nakamura and Seth Rollins. Uh, Seth Rollins doing, again, the Great Bray Riot tribute. Uh, I thought he cut a great promo. He's calling out Shinsuke Nakamura. And then they do this, another one of these video packages with Shinsuke, where he's talking very sinister into the camera, talking about how he's going to break Seth Rollins, talking about how he wants his wife, speaking of Becky Lynch, to know that Shinsuke Nakamura is the reason why she has to help Seth Rollins get out of bed. He wants Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins' daughter to know that he is... I got a fly that keeps in my head anyway but that's why i'm flapping and doing this shit and i look like an air traffic controller uh <laughs> but like they uh he wants becky lynch and seth rollins to know that he's the reason why seth can't walk rue down the aisle when it's her wedding day that's some sinister ass shit to say to somebody sp3 and then he comes down and he attacks seth rollins again and i can't help but think that this version of shinsuke nakamura the way they're presenting him, the way they're using him, the way that they're putting these video packages together, this has legs. This is a Shinsuke Nakamura that is marketable that I want to see go on an extended run as a top-level heel. And for that to happen, in my opinion, SP3, he's got to follow up on what he's promising this Saturday. He's got to break Seth Rollins and win the World Heavyweight Championship because I love the correlation and the symmetry to The Dark Knight Rises. I like Shinsuke Nakamura being the bane to Seth Rollins' Batman. I want him to break Seth Rollins so Rollins can take some time off and begin the climb back to redemption, to get, begin his climb back to health. Like, I want that story to play out. I want Shinsuke to get his moment. I think it makes way too much sense. To me, they got to put the belt on Shinsuke this weekend. Will they? No. no. They won't. <laughs> No, they won't. It's no, it's more no, no. it's more likely, and this is this is probably how I would book it because I have no faith in WWE to put the title on Shinsuke Nakamura. Is that Nakamura loses Fluky, and then lays out Seth, 
and then Damian Priest cashes in money in, in the bank. Yep. We're on the same after they home. after they lose the tag team titles. So therefore, mm-hmm. he has a title to go against Rhea, saying that every member of the Judgment Day has to have a title after this weekend. Yeah, uh, Queen Mono saying uh, if Shinsuke wins, I feel like Priest might cash in on him. That wouldn't make any sense to me. Um, I, I I get where you're going with it. Like they'd give Shinsuke his moment and then have him cash in. But like him beating an already broken Seth Rollins, like Shinsuke's not promising to win the title. He's promising to break Seth Rollins. So he could exactly. still lose this match, break Seth Rollins, and then Damian Priest picks the bones. I think that's what. And the more I think about it, man, yeah, with Rhea saying every member of Judgment Day has got to have gold this weekend or else, I man, I feel like they're foreshadowing that for, for sure. I think we're going to get a new world heavyweight champion. I would like it to be Shinsuke Nakamura. Lastly, SP3, we'll, we'll come full circle on this one. Um, Bray Wyatt is no longer with us, but Bo Dallas is. Now, we all know that Bo Dallas was being portrayed as, un- or Uncle Howdy was being portrayed uh, as Bo Dallas. Uh, this latest Bray Wyatt long-term masterpiece storytelling that he was putting together. Sadly, we're never going to know what direction it was heading, what the end game was, the relationship with Uncle Howdy. We're not going to know. We're, it's going to be a mystery forever unless maybe WWE decides to continue it with Bo Dallas, have him come back and continue this Uncle Howdy storyline. Would you like to see them do that? Or would you like to see them uh, let Bo kind of maybe do his own thing or another kind of homage to, to his brother and, but at least use him in a significant way. If he decides he wants to come back. I would like to see him uh, complete the uncle Howdy story. If he knows what Bray had in mind for how to complete the story, I think he would be the best person. And I, I would love for it to lead to a Wyatt family reunion with Braun and Eric Rowan, yeah. maybe getting a job as well. I would just want him to be successful, but most of all, I just want him to be happy and at yeah. peace. Yeah. I uh, can't imagine again, what, what he's going through. I, my, my worry would be, it's it's Bray's brainchild, and you know if WWE gets his hands on it, who knows? You know mm-hmm. they have full reign, full control. Yeah. I just want Bo to get a significant push. I want him to, and I'm not saying he's got to go out and win the world championship in the main event of WrestleMania. Just do something with the guy, right? Utilize the guy. He is talented. Like I never really felt like when he was on the B team, I never felt like he got his his you know his due i thought he worked well in that role but that's just because he's really good at what he does right so um i always felt like this is a guy that they could have done a lot more with i was hoping that i would get to see him and bray work together in some capacity and i guess technically we did uh but unfortunately we're never really going to see them standing side by side knowing that it's bo dallas in a ring and that's another thing that's just a, a, a gut punch but um him running his own version of some kind of Wyatt family, bring him back as Bo Wyatt. If you want to, I think that would be a great homage to his brother and have him lead Braun Strowman, Alexa bliss. And, you know, Eric Redbeard, Eric Rowan, if they, if they want to do that, or, you know, bring in some new guys up from, from NXT and fill them in Joe Gacy, maybe, I don't know, but you know, you could bring in some of these people and have him lead his own family. I would be all on board uh, with that. SP three, what you got going on in true heel heat this weekend. Uh, check out the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. I believe Collision Discourse will be out uh, later today. Uh, you had our all-in review uh, on Monday. You could go over and check that out right now on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. And I'll be back at it tomorrow for our WWE Payback Preview. 
Very good. Uh, guys, make sure to give your thumbs up here. Sorry I didn't get to as many as your comments today uh, as I usually try to. Just, uh, you know, we had a lot to talk about today. But I did see all the comments, and I really, really appreciate it. If you guys could hit the thumbs up button, that would be spectacular. If you could hit the subscribe button, if you haven't already, that would be great. Um, I'm working on getting something together as far as payback and um, all-out uh, prediction show, probably a joint one. Uh just scheduling has been difficult this week because I've been waiting to find out about some things because I'm heading to Pittsburgh and Chicago this weekend to be there for payback and all out. So, and I know SP three is traveling to Chicago as well. So travel is a bit of an issue. We're working on it. Hopefully uh, we'll get something out for you guys uh, this week. If not guaranteed, we'll be back next Tuesday two two fifteen ish. Actually I'm off that Tuesday, so I should be home. So we should be good to go at two o'clock. So two o'clock Tuesday, it's a day. Be there. Believe in pro wrestling podcast brought to you by bet online. Have a good week, everybody. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.